Hey, welcome to The Quest. Thank you guys for being with us today. It's always a pleasure to have you with us, especially if you're just checking us out. If you are just checking us out, would you do me a favor and scan that QR code? The QR code will pull up a link. That link will help answer some questions that you might have about who we are. It'll also allow you to connect with us if that is something that you want to do. I hope that all of you are having an exceptional good day. I hope that all of you have connected to God in some way. And if you haven't, I hope that today this talk and our time together will allow you to experience the goodness of God in a significant way in your life. Before we get into the talk, just a reminder that this talk and all of our talks are available on podcast form. That is available on Spotify and the different platforms. All you have to do is search Fresno Quest Church. Let's pray together. Can we do that? Heavenly Father, we love you so very much, and I thank you for our time today, and I thank you for each person that's listening. Father, I ask that you would just encourage their hearts, and I ask that today that you would remind them how much you love them and care about them, and I ask that today that we would put to rest some of the pursuits in our lives that do not satisfy our lives. Father, I ask that we would set our affection and our heart on you, and that you would satisfy the deepest longings and deepest needs of our lives. Father, may we contemplate, may we engage in a discovery of just how much you love us and what that means to us. Father, give faith and comfort and peace and strength to each person in just the way that they need it today, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we are wrapping up a series entitled Trivial Pursuits, and if we're not careful, our lives can be about pursuing trivial things, unimportant things that replace essential things. It's a pursuit that we have to fill the longings in our life the internal void within our lives, the emptiness that we experience in life. So a lot of people pursue happiness. A lot of people pursue popularity. A lot of people pursue the comfortable life. A lot of people pursue success. A lot of people pursue money. All in an attempt to satisfy the longings in their life. And a point that we've been mentioning every single week that I want you to write down if you can, and that's this, the pursuits of our lives expose the needs of our lives. The reason for our pursuits is something within us is lacking or missing or unsatisfied. We pursue things that we believe are going to fill the needs in our lives. And just as a reminder, another fill-in is this. Spiritual needs are not satisfied by trivial things. And what I mean by that is this. Counterfeit things, natural things, temporary things do not satisfy the spiritual needs, the spiritual longings in our lives. Temporary things can temporarily affect our needs but they can't satisfy our needs. And I would encourage you, don't ignore these needs in your lives, this idea, these feelings of emptiness and a void within. They won't go away, and the fact that you recognize them means that you need to deal with them. The emptiness that we feel inside means that something truly is lacking, and we need to address that. But the real issue is, what are we addressing it with? See, if you're not happy in your life, that's not a conditional thing. That's a spiritual thing. And you need joy in your life. If you're looking for a comfortable life, you probably need greater peace in your life. A peace that removes the fear in life. Maybe you're longing for a conflict-free life. And, and really what you need is patience in your life. Or maybe you just don't feel content in life and you need to experience the one who gives life. I hope that you experience him today. This series has really been pointing out one thing that's really important. You can write this down. Only God can satisfy the needs of your life. Whatever is missing in your life, whatever you're longing for, can't be filled by something physical or material or even conditional. I love this scripture in Psalms 107 verse 9 where it says this, For God satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul he fills with good things. 
If there's a longing in your life, allow God to satisfy that longing. But here's the thing, what we believe about God really determines what we think we're going to receive from God. If we really believe that God is good and that He can satisfy the deepest longings of our lives, then we're going to pursue Him. We're going to look to Him to meet the needs of our lives. So today as we wrap up this series, we're going to look at something today that I believe that all of us deal with to some degree, and that is the pursuit of love. I'm not saying that love is a trivial pursuit. Love is not trivial. But it's where we search for love that makes that love trivial. It makes it secondary. It's a counterfeit to an original. See, the pursuit of love is something that we all deal with, and I believe that this is a really important point. You could write it down. We were created from love and for love. I'm not talking about the act of conception, because fertilization of an egg does not require love. The scripture reminds us of a few things that I want to point out. All things were created through him, through God, and for God. Everything was created through God and for God. And of course, this scripture in 1 John says this, identifies God as God is love. Another scripture that sheds some light on this is this. Even before God made the world, he loved us. That is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So you were created by love, by God, because God is love. In love, in God, because God made you in his image. And for love, that God created you for himself. So when love is missing in our lives, there is a great, deep dissatisfaction that we encounter in our lives. The problem is most of us look for something that replicates love to replace the love in our lives. Again, something to fill the void. And I think this is like straight up what we're dealing with. And you can write this point down. Rather than pursuing God, we pursue people. We look to people to fill the void that only God can fill. In the 1980s, there was a country song sung by Johnny Lee. It was in the movie Urban Cowboy, which was a fabulous movie, by the way. Well, maybe it wasn't fabulous, but, you know, it was decent. All right, it might not even been decent, but listen, if you like country music and you like country thing, it was a good movie, whatever. The point I'm making is this. The chorus of that song really defines our pursuit of love. And the chorus goes like this. I was looking for love in all the wrong places. Looking for love in too many faces. Searching their eyes. Looking for traces of one I'm dreaming of. Hoping to find a friend and a lover. All blessed the day I discover another heart looking for love. Have you ever felt like that? Looking, searching, hoping to find someone. People spend their lives looking for love. Trying to fill the void. The problem is we end up looking in all the wrong places, right? What happens is in our pursuit of love... We look for someone who will accept us, just as we are. We want somebody to value us. And then in our pursuit of love, we look for someone who wants us, someone who enjoys us and wants to spend time with us. And then in our pursuit of love, there are some we look for someone to complete us, someone that doesn't just fill the void, but someone who makes me complete. Or maybe in our pursuit of love, we're just looking for somebody who gets us. Someone who understands me. Someone who knows me. See, this is not just about sexual relationships. It's really about any intimate relationship where we're searching for commitment and devotion from another person. First of all, you know how important I believe relationships are, so I am not minimizing relationships at all. 
Relationships are essential, but they're not the ones who satisfy the longings of our lives. See, we don't need someone to complete us. God completes us. We don't need to have someone that gets us because God gets us. I'm not looking for someone who accepts me because God has already accepted me. God is the one who values me. When I can live from God's love, I am able to love others selflessly and better. The truth is people can't fill the void that we need filled from God. We have to understand that the void that we feel within us is because we were created for relationship with God, to be loved by God and to love Him. That's what Ephesians tells us when it says this, even before He made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in His eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into His own family by bringing us to Himself through Jesus Christ. This is what He wanted to do, and it gave Him great pleasure. I like how the message says it, too. Long before God laid down the earth's foundations, he had us in mind. He had settled on us as the focus of his love, to be made whole and holy by his love. I don't want you to miss that. God focused his love on you to make you whole and complete, to satisfy the deepest longings and the deepest needs of your life. People can't do that. And yet we continue to chase people, right? We continue to pursue people as if they're going to meet the needs of our life. There's even some that will do this in a church setting, and the danger of this is we will come to church looking for relationships with people to belong. That's important, it is. But we will pursue them more than God. We'll pursue a connection with people more than a connection with God, when God is the one that we need most, right? So something that we need to understand is this. God has already provided His love to you. We are looking for a love that has already been given to us. Ephesians 1.4 says this, Long before He laid down the earth's foundations, God had you in mind, and He settled on you as the focus of His love. Another scripture that points this out in Romans says this, that God showed His love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners, before we had relationship with God. God had already loved us and demonstrated his love by sending his son to pay the penalty for our sins. It's a love that you can't earn, you can't work for it. All you have to do is accept it. See, God wants the best for you because he's for you. He's not against you. And if that is true, then why do so many people avoid God? Why do we pursue trivial things rather than pursuing God? I think one of the reasons is this. Some people are looking for a feeling rather than a fact. We say that we're looking for love, but we're looking to feel loved rather than to really be loved. See, the truth is some people are chasing sex, not love. Sex is designed to be the expression of love in marriage. Complete intimacy with complete commitment. And there's many people that pursue the feeling rather than the substance. If you're looking for a fact, the fact is, is that God loves you more than anybody else. God knows you better than anyone else. God is intimate with you. He knows your thoughts. He knows your heart. He knows everything about you. He knows your faults. And the th here's the thing. He still loves you. God's love for you is not based on how good you are. God loves you because he created you. God is fully committed to you. God will never leave you. He'll never turn his back on you. He'll never hurt you. And it's from that fact that we give ourselves to God and experience God's love in our lives. 
and feel God's love. Listen to this scripture. It says this. We know how much God loves us because we have felt his love and because we believe him when he tells us that he really loves us dearly. God is love and anyone who lives in God is living with God and God is living in him. Listen, if you're going to experience God's love, you've got to believe that God really loves you. You've got to accept that fact. You've got to accept the fact that God loves you regardless of your faults, regardless of your past. That God's love for you is not conditional. So can you believe that God loves you when he tells you that he loves you completely? I think we also pursue other things rather than God's love because of this. Some want to define love rather than have love define them. We feel like we know what we're looking for. This is what we need from a relationship. This is what we need in a relationship. And that's part of our problem in this pursuit is we want control. Love is not something that we define. It's something that we surrender to. Here's what scripture tells us. It says, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we love God but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. God is defining the love that we need. We need a guilt-free life. And the only way that we can experience a guilt-free life, the only way we can experience a life with connection and relationship with God is through Jesus and what he did on the cross. God loved you so much that he sent his son to come and change your identity from an outsider to an insider. God changes us by bringing us into his family. No longer are we orphans, now we are children of God. I think another reason why we pursue other things is this. Some really don't understand God's love. If we don't understand God's love, we're not going to step into his love. We're not going to accept his love. And I think a lot of people misunderstand what God's love actually is. And I hope that this will clear it up in some ways. I've mentioned this in the past. The New Testament is written in Greek, and the Greek gives different terms for what love really is. I just want to point out three of those. And the first one is this. It's called phileo, and that means brotherly love. It's where the the city Philadelphia comes from. Phileo gives us a brotherly love for one another. There's also eros, which is a passionate love, and that's more of an erotic love. These are natural forms of love. But then there is agape, and agape is an unconditional God love. Agape love involves faithfulness, commitment. It's an act of our will. Agape is a sacrificial love that voluntarily suffers inconvenience, discomfort, and even death for the benefit of the other person without expecting anything in return. Agape is the highest form of love. It's not motivated by superficial appearances or emotions, or sentiment. It's a choice of commitment and devotion. And agape love is God's love for you. If we're looking at what unconditional means, here's what that looks like in a definition form. See, the word unconditional means without conditions, uncontingent, not determined, or influenced by someone or something else. And the definition of love is it's not a feeling. It is the desire and act of doing the best for someone though it may not be reciprocated. You need to read 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7, and allow that to give you this definition of what agape love really looks like. It is a selfless love. It always puts the other person first. It always looks for the best when it loves. 
And that's how God feels towards you. That's how God acts towards you. God wants the best for you, and he wants to satisfy the needs within you. You can write this point down too. God's love will only satisfy you when it becomes your personal experience. You'll never be satisfied by God's love because you hear stories of God's love or because someone tells you how great God's love is. That's never going to bring a sense of satisfaction and completeness in your life. It's never going to fill the void in your life. What fills the void is a personal experience with this love where you experience him personally. Listen to this scripture. It says this, I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your hearts living within you as you trust in him. May your roots grow down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love. May you be able to feel and understand, as all of God's children should, how long and how wide, how deep and how high his love really is. And to experience this love for yourselves, though it is so great that you will never see the end of it or fully know or understand it. And so at last you will be filled up with God himself. See, the truth is, is God's love doesn't have a beginning and an end. It's never ending. We'll never reach the end of discovering his love. There's three things from the scripture that I want to point out really quick. The first one is this. If we're going to experience God's love, then we got to make God the priority of our life. To experience the love of God, we need a relationship with God, not a knowledge about God. That's what the scripture says when he says, I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your hearts, living within you as you trust him. Jesus wants to move into your life. Jesus wants to take residence in your life. He wants you to feel him, to know him, to understand him. This is not about showing God that he's a priority. It's cultivating an undivided heart. A heart that belongs to God. Also, if we're going to experience God's love, another point is this. We've got to look to God to satisfy our lives. We've got to stop looking to people and start looking to God. We can't expect to experience God if we're not looking to God. As we look to God to satisfy the needs of our lives, to meet the needs of our lives, to be the love of our lives, He provides us the strength that we need. That scripture says this, Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. You need strength in your life. Allow God's love to be the strength in your life that you need, that allows you to overcome all the obstacles that you face in life. Also, if we're going to experience God's love, then we've got to pursue a life of discovering God. See, God's love is too big to fit into our box of ideas. And, and I would encourage us to experience the wow factor of God, to allow God and His love to blow you away. But for that to happen, you have to allow time in your day to contemplate and meditate on how great God's love actually is and how much God loves you personally. Allow time in your day to read God's word, which will expose God's love for you to you. See, that scripture goes on to say this, May you be able to feel and understand, as all God's children should, how long and how wide and how deep and how high His love really is. Here's, here's a question that you could use to contemplate God's love for you. Would you give up one of your children for the benefit of one of your enemies? No, you wouldn't. But that's what God did for you because that's how great his love is for you. Would you give up your life for the benefit of your enemy? No, probably not. But that's what Jesus did for you because we were all enemies of God. Our sin made us enemies of God. We didn't want to have anything to do with God. I would encourage you, to take time and make time 
to discover God's love for you. I promise you it will blow you away. I want you to write this point down, but it's this. God's love satisfies us because he secures us. In other words, the strength of God is displayed in the love of God. Do you want to have strength in your life? Do you need to have strength in your life? Do you want to have a secure life? Do you want the sense that you're going to be taken care of in life? Do you want to understand that somebody loves you deeply and is not going to abandon you and you don't have to fear them leaving you? You're only going to experience that in God. See, God will never, ever leave you. Listen to this scripture. He says, I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Man, don't miss that. Nothing in existence, no angel, no demon, no spiritual power, nothing in time, nothing in space, nothing that's ever been created, nothing that exists can ever separate you from God's love. I would say that's a pretty secure place to be. See, people are finite. People are human. People will make mistakes. People will disappoint you. People will let you down. People will pass away. And when we experience those things, there's a void. But God's love in us, God's commitment to us, God's power for us, God's presence with us, He never disappoints and He is infinite. There is no ending. He will never leave you. I would encourage you to grab a hold of that love and hold on to it. Discover it every single day. Remember, you were created in the love of God for the love of God. God's love is pursuing you. Stop pursuing other things. Stop pursuing people to fill the void that God wants to fill in your life. Remember the scripture we started with. I'll run and read it again. For God satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul he fills with good things. You are created by love for love. You need God's love in your life. Without God's love, there's going to be a void. There's going to be an emptiness. Without God's love, you're going to look for something that replicates God's love, but falls way short of God's love. You're going to search out an imitation that will leave you empty. Man, God wants to satisfy the longings of your life. But we have to let him. We have to ask him. We have to make him a priority in our life. We have to put the time in to discover his love and how great it is for us. We have to surrender to him. That's how this relationship begins, is through surrendering our lives to God. If you don't have a relationship with God, I want you to step into that today and that you would surrender yourself and accept God's love for you. Remember, you can't earn it, you don't deserve it, and all of that. It's a gift, but we accept it and we give ourselves to it. We make it our personal experience. And if, if you need that personal experience today, I want to encourage you to talk to God. God's listening to your heart. God's listening for you to ask Him to fill you with His love. God's listening to you ask Him that you want to experience His love. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come to you and for every person that is seeking this relationship with you, that for every person that is asking to encounter and experience your love in their lives, Father, I pray that you would fill them at this moment with your love, that you would give them an awareness of how much you love them, that you would allow them to see your son on the cross as an expression of your love for their life. 
Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for valuing us. Thank you for accepting us. Thank you for completing us. Thank you, Father, because you get us. Father, we want you to be the pursuit of our lives. We want you to be the focus of our loves as you have focused your love on us. Father, may our inconsistencies not lead us to give up, but Father, may our inconsistencies help us to hold on to you and to trust your patience with us, to trust your long-suffering for us, to trust your love to us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for completing us. Thank you for pursuing us. In Jesus' name we ask, amen. I want to encourage you to give yourself to the process of discovering God's love for you. Because it's not a one-time event. It's not something that you necessarily feel. Remember, we're not looking for a feeling over a fact. The facts of God's love produce feelings. So we've got to engage in the pursuit of God's love. We've got to engage in discovery of God's love. Not looking for the feeling to drive us. Feelings will come and go, but God will always satisfy the longings of your life. God will always satisfy the longings of your life when He's the love of your life. Remember, as we step into relationship with God, we're able to love people better. We're able to love people more authentically. We're able to be more genuine because we don't live for the love of people. We live from the love of God. And I want to encourage you that you would get into a connection group and that you would allow the love that God has poured into you to be dispersed to others. Because other people and the love that God has poured into them needs to be dispersed to you. We need people to do life with. We need people to walk with. We need people that are going to encourage us and pray with us. That happens in connection groups, and I want to encourage you to get into one if you're not in one. If you need assistance and you need some directions, feel free to email me. Feel free to call the church. Feel free to scan the QR code that's right there. All those ways will help us get connected and provide steps that will help you get connected with people. Also, thanks again so much for all of your financial gifts and how you bless the quest and how you guys bless God in giving to his church and how you allow us to continue to carry out the vision that God has given to us, that you allow us to continue to reach lives. You continue to give and your gifts meet the needs of the church. I just want to say thank you for your faithfulness. I want to say thank you for your investment into God's kingdom. I mention this every week, but I just want to remind you that if you have a prayer request and you want someone to pray with you, if you need to connect with us, if there is, if you want to give online, scan the QR code. That QR code will connect you to our website. It'll allow you to discover us and get connected in a better, stronger way. Thank you guys for being with us today. It's always a pleasure having you with us. Have a blessed rest of your week. We love you so much. Bye-bye.